there's a, a little bit of flakage. <laughs> so maybe don't, you don't want to do it in bed, maybe, if you were a real meatnik. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. To Not the Destination, the podcast about staying creative and discovering your path. Every other week, we embark on a thought adventure to figure out what makes our creative clocks tick. This is a chance for us to recharge and take stock of why and how we want to make great stuff. This is season one, episode eight. We're so glad you joined us. Hi, Tony. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Nina? Really well. Really well. So we should probably tell our listeners we're recording, not live, but we're recording uh, to tape from the art studio in Shavertown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm so excited. So this is where you teach art classes and paint? You know, I don't do too much painting here except during class, depending on what class I'm teaching. I often paint along with the students, but um, definitely this is where I teach all my classes. And you can tell that by all the different projects that are all all over the walls. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking it's a shame that we didn't choose to record the inspiration episode here, since there's so much great creativity and, and thought and... I mean, there's some great art hanging everywhere. Wow. I don't know why we didn't do that. But that's okay. Maybe for the next inspiration episode. We'll be inspired today. That's right. Right? Sounds like a plan. (laughs) So you are picking our topic today. And I can't can't wait to hear what's been on your mind. What are you thinking about? So lately I've been thinking a lot about the subject of play play as in playing games and stuff you know right as in the and like the opposite of work okay so a lot of what what we've talked about has been geared towards staying creative at work and making creative things and a lot of that sounds like it's geared very much towards being productive yes we've talked we've spoken a lot about being productive but one of the things that I was thinking about as I was listening to some of our, you know, our last episodes, I was struggling with the idea that that we don't talk about, and for me personally, it feels like I don't spend a lot of time just playing, just doing something for the sake of being in the moment and having fun with no expectation of an outcome from that activity. Mm-hmm. That's such a great topic. Um, and even though I'm an artist, and you would, a lot of people think artists just play all day long, but we don't. <laughs> and actually, I have been thinking the same thing lately, that I've been very structured lately, even in my work schedule when I'm producing, say, a series of paintings or whatever. And there's a certain amount of leeway when you're doing that, but I don't necessarily, I wouldn't call it play. And I've been really missing that a lot, too. And in fact, I think in order to stay inspired, um, not just to stay inspired, but in order to 
keep creating new and different things, you have to allow yourself a certain amount of time to play. And as we get older, as we become grown-ups, um, we just don't allow ourselves to do that. Like it's somehow seems like it's bad or like you're doing something really like right. sneaky or something, you know? Yeah. It feels wasteful, sort of. Wasteful. That's the word. Wasteful. Like we're wasting time or we're wasting resources. Yeah. Or... Because I think we're so, I don't know if it's the American ethic, work ethic or what it is, but like we're so geared up to being productive, you know, produce, produce, right. produce. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of funny when you mention that that people's impression of artists is that they just play all day. Oh my gosh, yes. That's reminding me of a really interesting, um, a really thought-provoking infographic that I saw this one time. Um, are you familiar with what an infographic is? Um, I think so, but I'm not sure. So, so we'll share for the listeners because I'm sure some people will be wondering. Um, the an infographic is a chart or a graph that um, is done in a, like in a, a well-designed way, but to show a set of statistics. Okay. So rather than just you know say a percentage or something, find a way to you know. Like show, show uh, it visually. That's exactly right. Yeah, okay. like show like a pie graph, you know, that has actual graphics, you know, built into it. So like it's a graphic design project, sort of. But okay. um, they've been very popular lately across social media. Um, they've been regarded as link bait um, since on social oh. media they're uh, 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 very quickly and very um, uh, highly shared. Mm -hmm. Since they can be really interesting mm -hmm. and you know, uh, it's thought provoking. Like an info bite. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like an easy way to, like, get a glimpse into a more complicated topic, mm -hmm. you know, like oftentimes around statistics. Um, so I saw this infographic that uh, a photographer posted on his blog, and we'll find it to, to put in show notes. And, um, and he had two contrasting pie charts. And one said what people think photographers do. And it had 100% of going to interesting places and taking pictures of interesting people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. And then it said what photographers actually do. And then it had 5% go to interesting places and take photos of things. <laughs> and then it had 20% you know, deal with accounting and finances and 30% deal with account management and scheduling. Mm -hmm. And you know, 45% making sure that you have the right supplies and doing, and, you know, the basic stuff in, in, in post-production. Right. Because you also have to download all the photos or, or print them or whatever. There's a lot right. of work. Yeah. So I, I think that it's kind of interesting how often people, you know, have these ideas in their mind of what, um, you know, an artist does or a photographer does, or for that matter, even a CEO does, you know, yeah, they just fly around to, you know, on their private jet from one <laughs> luxurious place to another, I'm sure. That would be fabulous. One day. Yeah. But I was reading this book recently called Essentialism, The, the Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Okay. And I've been focusing on that a little bit in the new year. I know that I'm kind of the anti-resolution guy, but I've realized that I'm super busy and don't really have a reason to be uh, that I find myself creating busyness and 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 being late to things and 
and just kind of distracted in general. And it's not because I'm being productive or because I'm trying to 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 do more. It's because I'm not being deliberate about deciding what to do. Mm. Okay. And while there are a lot of incredible takeaways from this book, and I'm sure as I'm, I'm reading more of this, I'll come back <laughs> um, to our show and to our listeners and share some of these things. But there was this one section that really caught me off guard when I read it. So, so I'll read, this is a quote from chapter seven, which is entitled, Play, Embracing the Wisdom of Your Inner Child. So the author of the book um, uh, writes, Sir Ken Robinson, who has made the study of creativity in schools his life's work, has observed that instead of fueling creativity through play, schools can actually kill it. He's quoted as saying, we have sold ourselves into a fast food model of education, and it's impoverishing our spirit and our energies as much as fast food is depleting our physical bodies. Imagination is the source of every form of human achievement, and it's the one thing that I believe we are systematically jeopardizing in the way we educate our children and ourselves. Hmm. Wow, that's very powerful. I heard that and I was like, like I was like taken aback. Mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, oh, wow. Um, and I don't think it's just about school. Right. I think it's more about the, the, the mindset that we've had ever since the Industrial Revolution of, of systematize, you know, mechanize and produce. And specialize. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you, you know, why make one beautiful painting when you can, you know, when you can carve a stamp and you can make a hundred? Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. I've, I've had that comment from people that are really well-meaning and, you know, trying to help me with my career. They'll say, well, if they'll like a painting, well, you know, you should paint like 15 of them, you know, <laughs> like, no, that's not what it's all about. But there is definitely this emphasis on productivity and products. Um, but what surprised me about that quote is um, talking about, I guess he's talking about education. So he's talking about kids, you know, in school. And I mean, that's someplace you think that they're, they would be really encouraged to use their imaginations. Now, my kids are older, they're not in school anymore, so I'm not really up on, you know, what's going on in, in public schools or whatever. I know sure. there's always a lot of talk about people, um, the schools not funding the arts and that sort of thing, but it's, very, it's really interesting to hear that, actually. And I'm wondering if it's, I mean, like when we were younger, I'm sure when you were younger, your parents would say to you, if you were bored, they'd be like, well, go out and play. Right. And and I, we would just be like, hooray. You know, we would run out the door and we'd play all day and we'd come back for dinner. I mean, you wouldn't even come home until it was dark. Yeah. You know. Right. But I know with my kids growing up, when they were bored and they would say, what should I do? And I would say, well, go out and play. And they would look at me, honest to God, they would look at me like their mouths would drop open and they would look really confused. Like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean go out and play? I'm like, well, you know, go out and play. <laughs> go out into the yard, grab some sticks, you know, uh, make some mud pies, build a fort, go to go walk over and visit your friends. And they're like, well, you mean just walk over to their house and, and like knock on the door? I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, generally the idea. 
So I'm wondering if his comment from the book has any anything to do with that situation, which is that kids kind of don't know how to play on their own sometimes. And that's that's just technology taking over, you know, computers, video games. Yeah. That sort of thing. And not just technology, but I think that mindset of of we're wasting time if we're not making something or being productive mm-hmm. or being efficient. Mm-hmm. I sort of am in the same generation as your kids, mm-hmm. and I can totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at even video games, and and video games aren't about the journey; they're about getting to the next level, right? And the um, you know the and how hit, fast you can you know how fast you can learn you know use that's that exactly weapon right or, or whatever, and yeah. you know get more points mm-hmm. and and you know beat you know the next you know the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this mindset. And as I was reading some of that book, I was, my first reaction was how much I agreed with some of the things that were being discussed. I totally agreed with, um, you know, Ken Robinson, Sir Ken Robinson's like explanation of that. I totally agreed with the author um, uh, on the importance of, you know, play. And then I was thinking about it a few days, you know, later, like over the next few days, and I realized that I don't think that I know how to play. Wow. That's shocking. And like, not just that I don't make time for it Mm -hmm. or that I don't prioritize it, because that's another problem. But I was actually starting to think, how often do I, how often do I decide to do something with no, you know, with no goal in mind? That's right. Like no trackable outcome, you know, in mind. Uh And that, and I found that that happens a lot. Wow. And so I thought that it would be helpful to take this struggle to you and to our listeners so that we could see if we could brainstorm some ways of how we could just play and let ourselves go. Okay. And just do something fun. I'm all for it. I'm okay. ready to play. <laughs> I was hoping you would just have the answer. I was hoping you, you know, like, like, you like lay it down yeah, and say, well, here, here it is. You've got me thinking because, uh, as I said before, as an artist, I'm always trying to find different ways to play, you know, because when you're in that mode of playing and we've spoken about this before, um, all kinds of ideas and things will come to you. It's, it's super beneficial right. for you. So, I mean, there's a bunch of things I've done to try and, recapture that feeling of being in childhood Mm. and it's very hard to remember that feeling right (laughs) right but um one thing i did uh and this is just i'm just throwing this out when i lived down in kingston where it was nice and flat and i had a bicycle i would ride my bike but like in the middle of the day and in fact people would see me like they'd be in their cars going to work or lunch or whatever and i'd be like hey how are you? And I'm on my bike, you know, pedaling really fast. And <laughs> <laughs> that gave me such a f- exhilarating feeling of freedom uh, because I kind of did it at an unexpected time. And I, it may also be because I grew up in that town. So as I'm, when you're riding your bike, it's different than driving your car. You see things a little differently. Sure. So like all kinds of childhood memories would pop back into my head as I was riding around. And that's... Sure. It's one thing I used to do when I was young to get out of the house and to get out on my own was to grab my bike and, you know, take off and and just explore. 
So that's that's one thing that I think is really fun. If you can find an activity you did when you were younger that gave you that feeling of freedom and bliss, you know, if you could think of something like that and latch on to that and give that a try. Um, another thing, I'll just throw out a couple more that I do, uh, coloring with crayons, coloring and coloring books. And my kids, well, my daughter definitely does this. I got her hooked on it. When you wanna just take a break and do something mindless and fun, there's something about the smell of crayons. Mm. Um, I mention this to my students all the time and they, yeah. they think I'm nuts, but sometimes when I'm in the grocery store, <laughs> I'll be in the aisle where they have the office supplies and stuff and there's always crayons. And I just sort of grab a box and I open it up and I take, I take a good whiff of the crayons <laughs> and that instantly, will take you back to your childhood. It's something that smell triggers a really intense memory. Right. So um, every now and then I've been known to pull out my crayons and I always have a couple of coloring books stashed away somewhere. And that's that's really fun to do. Um, another one that I think a lot of people actually might already do is like, how about like doing jigsaw puzzles? That's, you know, does have an end goal. Right. You know, you want to get the puzzle together, but you can't really be thinking a lot about work and pre productivity as you're trying to find the one little piece that has the square edge and the one certain, you know, edge to it to get your puzzle all together. And that's really, really fun to do. It's funny that you mentioned jigsaw puzzles. Um, over the holiday, I was at a friend's house. And for, for like dinner, and I think there was a, like a football game on the TV or something, and they were solving a puzzle. And I said, ooh, I'll sit down you know, with you and I'll take a look. And I look at this puzzle, and I haven't, I haven't put together a puzzle in, in probably you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the puzzle, and it looked, and I tried to look at some pieces, and I think I picked up two pieces. They didn't fit together. I set it down, and I started to get anxious. Really? Yeah, like I started to get super uncomfortable because I couldn't solve, I couldn't finish it. Mm -hmm. Like it was a job that had to be finished and I didn't know, like I didn't have an approach, I didn't have a tactic, I didn't have the steps to follow. Mm -hmm. And I was So maybe that lost. isn't exactly like, it's play for me, but might not be play for other people. I just think I'm, I, I just think I'm a hopeless case. No, I, I think, just think that I don't you know, know how to, you know, how to decompress. I think I'm a robot. <laughs> Tony, we have to work on this. This is serious. This is serious. It really is. Okay, but I like the crayon thing. The crayon thing is really fun. So, like, just go get, like, a coloring book. Yes. And then maybe a half an hour before, you know, bedtime, pull out the, like, like pull out yes. the coloring book and just color with crayons. Yes. You will love it. Okay. And... Yeah, just the smell of them and everything. I'm sure mm -hmm. you colored when you were little. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, coloring with crayons produces that dust, and I hate that. It doesn't really. Like the crayon flakes, no? Well, yeah, there's a little bit of flakage. <laughs> so maybe don't... you don't want to do it in bed, maybe, if you were a real neatnik. <laughs> Which I have a hunch you are. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Maybe just a little um, how about on your kitchen table? Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. It's That's a good way to do it. Kitchen table is a good spot. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many art activities that you can do to get that childhood feeling. And, you know, 
really any activity I think can be called play if it takes you into another like mind space where you're not worrying about all your everyday stuff. Right. So, I mean, there are a lot of other creative and, and these, by the way, are right brain activities. Right. Did, did we talk about right brain and left left brain yet? I don't think we did a lot of. Okay. Because it sounds to me like you're more of a left-brained person. Um, there's a really famous book. It's called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain hmm. by a woman named Betty Edwards. And I think she produced it or wrote it in like the 1970s maybe. But it was like a really landmark, astonishing book when she right. first wrote it. And I guess there had been a whole bunch of new scientific information about how the brain works. And what they discovered was that the left side of your brain handles thought processes that are related to very logical, linear types of thinking. So math um, and logic. Math, even reading, mm-hmm. um, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Sure. Um, anything having to do with numbers. Right. You know, like accounting, anything like that. Whereas the right side of your brain um, isn't so quantitative, like it doesn't try and measure things particularly, but it sort of um, operates on gut feelings, seeing patterns in things. Sure. Um, like if you meet someone new and you have a gut, your gut feeling says to you, this is not a nice person. Yeah. You're using actually the right side of your brain to make that huh. kind of an analysis. So it's not like logical per right. se. It's more of a feeling gut kind of thing. That's very interesting. And also the right side of your brain controls uh, creativity. So if you're having a problem um playing or you're not sure how to play you're probably just a very analytical maybe business-minded left-brained type of person well and some of this is interesting to me because i because i i i very much enjoy connecting the dots and finding patterns Mm -hmm. and doing things like that i just never sort of connected that with play so maybe I'm doing that without realizing it. Yeah, I bet you are, because nobody is totally right or left brain. Of course. Right? I mean, we use both halves. <laughs> well, That's why we have them. And but, so this um, is an interesting, like, I think this is an interesting idea. Can we play while we're at work? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, certainly if we're at Google... And, you know, they famously on their campus have, you know, their various rooms that are, you know, dedicated to various functions. I think they have like one of the ball pits. Remember those? Oh, like, see? From, you know, the, yeah. That is play. That would be fun. <laughs> so certainly if we work at Google, we can play while we're at work. But like, can you, like, is there a mind space? And you just said this a few moments ago that you can make almost anything play as, as long as you're in that state of mind, as long as you get to that headspace. So can you take an approach where you can, for a period of time, while you're working on things, disconnect and make it play? I think definitely you can disconnect because, you know, that's the, sort of like being on automatic pilot. Um, I don't know if you can make it play or not. Or at least the beneficial kind of play. Right. Which would be accessing the right side of your brain. Yeah. So I'm thinking activities like that are more along the lines of like gardening. Okay. Gardening is a really creative endeavor. 
um, you're very engaged. You're like using your hands. Right. Um, you're creating and making things. You know. Even, so would even, cooking fall into that same category yes. too? Do you think cooking for sure? You love yeah. to cook. I do. So there's part of your play. And you have told me that often when you're cooking, you don't really read a recipe. You might glance at one for an That's idea. True. Yeah. But you like to make up your own decisions using right. these spices rather than those spices. And yeah. That's very creative. That's right brain. Okay. You're following your gut, your intuition. Your intuition says to you, you know, I want to use dill instead of thyme. Right. I think it'll be better. You can never have enough time, though. <laughs> I love thyme. Just I put, just put well. it in my omelet this morning. Did you really? Yeah, it was delicious. Nice. Yeah. So nice. you do, you do have a little bit of play in your life there with cooking. So maybe I'm just being too hard on myself with not knowing how to play. I think so too. Maybe I'm taking that to an extreme. You might be. So what, how do you know that you're doing it right? I think you know you're doing it right because I think you have a sense of exhilaration. So, you know, I'm just taking a step back here because cooking, gardening, painting, certainly those are right-brained activities. But if you're a serious person, they are not play, right? There's still an outcome that you're trying to get. Like if you're cooking, you want the outcome of a delicious meal. If you're gardening, the outcome is you want your perennial border to look beautiful. And if you're an artist, like a professional artist and making art, you want to be able to sell your painting. So even though they are right brain activities, which are very good for you, they aren't necessarily always play. I think play comes from your attitude. It has to be a carefree, you know, like I'm just picturing myself running, right. running, running, and jumping into that big giant bin of balls. <laughs> that is play. <laughs> that I don't do very often. Gotcha. Like, when's the last time you were on top of a hill and just rolled down the hill on your snow? You know, I don't know if you ever ever even did that, being a child of your generation. But I remember one time being forced to as part of an activity in, uh -huh. in third grade, I believe, and I despised it. I had a white polo shirt on. Oh, tell me. <laughs> and it was getting dirty, and I very much disliked that. Oh, my, Tony. We got to roll you around in the grass, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so this is really interesting, and I think that this is good. And I'm going to – I think this is, this is one of those things that we're going to keep coming back to mm -hmm. at, at certain points in time because I'm, I'm still super curious around what's the line of demarcation between play and work yeah, or even and just... Is it a line or is it more of a Venn diagram and there's some overlap and what happens there? So I think that some of... That one of my takeaways from, from our conversation here is that I want to look and see where my head's at as I'm doing things. Both mm -hmm. things that I would think of as play, like cooking or, I mean, a gardening or working on an art project. Mm -hmm. And then also things that I think are typically work. Mm -hmm. And and think about, you know, uh, do a little bit of meta thinking. You know, how am I thinking? What am I thinking as I'm doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed in your office you have those great whiteboards. Yes. I'm, I'm really jealous of those because you have like four or five of them. Eight, I believe. Eight. Actually. Yeah. So jealous. 
<laughs> and you have those colorful markers. And uh, so that's like the a white playful. table that's there is also uh, that's a whiteboard table. Did Are you, you realize kidding? that? I did not realize that. Oh yeah, the white uh, the white conference table that we have wow. is a uh, is a whiteboard table. Well, that's like a playful thing to have in your office. It is. You know, I don't know how you could use it to incorporate play other than drawing. You know, yeah. doodling or drawing on it might be fun. But. So I'm starting to understand play more. I'm starting mm-hmm. to understand it more. Yeah, I think it's something that um, takes your mind off of your everyday um, duties. It's something that um, while you're engaged in it, all those internal voices should turn off all your critics. You don't want to hear them. You don't want to hear your lists of what you're supposed to be doing. You're really absorbed. It's very absorbing. Right. And it should be enjoyable. And it could be physical or not physical. You know, it could be running a race or riding a bike, um, building a garden, or it could be coloring, you know, something much more passive. Yeah. But it would be neat to hear from people, how do they incorporate play? Or I'm, I'm talking about our listeners now. Um, do you set up time for yourself to let loose and have fun? Um, I think it's just, it's so important, you know, really important. It is. And I feel like I need to do it more. For me as a painter, I'm a very sort of tight painter. Um, and for me to have fun and to play with my artwork, I take, I'll take like a really big brush and be very loose and messy and sloppy and not <laughs> and try not to worry about the outcome that's the key sure um so i'm i'm planning on this year to do more of that in fact i've already started so i'm psyched nice yeah yeah so i think that gives me and our listeners something to look forward to that we can see a little bit of of how that influence in your artwork plays Ooh. out so that's one thing that I'm thinking. I, too, am going to spend a lot of time thinking about that and journal a little bit around some of those activities. And I can't wait to hear what our listeners uh, have to say around play. And, Me, too. And the sorts of activities that they do. We could, we could both use the input. Yeah. You know, we would love to hear it. We're so glad you joined us. See you soon.